Did you know that BDSM and kink are healthy outlets for aggression, imagination, and attention? Hi, welcome to The Partition, home of kinky wellness. My name is Dana Shergle, and I am a sexual wellness instructor that dives deep into all things kinky. I'm here to show why kinky sexual wellness deserves a rightful spot within the wellness conversation. So let's talk about it. Hey, welcome back. Well, here we are at the end of the three-part mini-series for the BDSM and Kink Basics. The previous two Wednesdays, I went through the partnership and the impact basics, and today I'll be going over the third and final basic, which is the plan and prep. The plan and prep basics is here for practical and safety reasons and shouldn't be overlooked. Knowing your plan and prep basics can still improve your sex life, even if you're not into BDSM and Kink. And it's also good for you if you don't have a strong relationship with your imagination just quite yet, because the plan and prep basics gives you a framework for a more well-rounded play. So jumping right into it, the plan and prep basics consists of space, personalization, and kits. Space matters because it ultimately dictates what you can and cannot do. Certain sex positions and play types require more room than others. For example, impact play needs enough space for the tool to be properly swung. There also needs to be enough space for each partner to be in the correct position from each other. This is to help you decrease your chances of a wrapping accident. In order to plan and prep your space properly, you need to know where the play space will be and how much usable space there actually is. Knowing where the play space is is more than just knowing the address. A house has many rooms each with a different feel and use for them. Do you want your play space to be in the bedroom? Is it in the kitchen, an office, living room, garage, spare bedroom, closet, bathroom, back shed? Are you sneaking off to the yard? Each of these spaces is different and what's in the space matters just as much as what's not in the space. What you can do in the shower is much different than what you can do in your bedroom and takes different planning and preparedness. Maybe you're planning on taking a tour, you know, a tour around your house where you end up using a lot more play spaces along the way. In this case, as you enter a new play area, make sure to take notice of the room, you know, the the windowsills, closet doors, any sharp edges, low hanging ceiling fans, open lights, picture frames or things that can fall off counters. A quick sweep of the room will go a long way in helping you to prevent an unnecessary accident or for something to break. Or it can help you to increase the chances of incorporating something into your play, like a cleared off dresser or a counter. But this is all for playing inside. Playing outside is totally different than playing inside. So when you're playing outside, first and foremost, make sure no one can see you that hasn't consented to it. When the coast is clear and playing in nature is your style, Watch out for things like sharp sticks and plants that can cause allergies or rashes to happen. And if you are in an area with tall grass or lots of bugs, you need to check for them on your body when you're finished. Nature isn't as soft as you think, and our skin is the largest organ we have, so we need to make sure we take care of it. So protect your skin and do things to avoid getting a sunburn and make sure you always stay hydrated. Where we play has incredible influence on how we respond or relax during the moment. 
But when it comes to space, the most basic rule you can follow is to keep it clean. No one wants to have sex in a messy or dirty room. This is just space basics 101. So at least make sure the area is clean, you know, clean of garbage and unpleasant smells. The second factor of the plan and prep basics is personalization. Personalization makes the experience tailored and specific to you, and it's what turns ordinary plays into spectaculars. Personalization takes effort. However, the more effort you put into personalization, the more likely the experience will be remembered. This is a major reason why the plan and prep basics shouldn't be underrated. The two best methods of personalizing a scene are to incorporate the five senses and outlining your toys, assists, and accessories. Your five senses include sight, sound, scent, taste, and touch. Including something into your play form for each of these categories will give you a fuller and deeper experience because each of your senses will be satisfied harmoniously. Here's an example for each. For sight, you can cover your eyes or keep them open. Covering your eyes is a fun classic way to increase anticipation. If you want to keep them open, think about what you want to wear or what you want your partner to wear. Deciding to wear a costume, specific outfit, or nothing at all that's visually appealing or complementary to a scene only enhances the mood and helps your imagination. For sound, think about the type of mood you're aiming for. Do you want your space to be quiet or energetic? If you want nothing at all, try using earplugs and stopping sound completely. Also, using your own voice for noise is encouraged. As long as you keep your sound nonverbal cues and the noises that you make separately, I think that you should be experimenting with different types of moans and grunts within yourself. So many feelings and emotions can be released through sound. Joy gets released through laughter. Playfulness is released through giggles. Anger is released through shouting. Grief is released through sadness and crying, and you can mix them together. It's your call, but sound is a vessel to move emotions through us. For taste, you can incorporate your favorite spread or snack to lick up. For scent, you can use natural incense or scented candles or put perfume or cologne on. If you're not sure what type of scent your partner likes, some good go-to scents for setting the mood are vanilla, lavender, and even cinnamon if you're on the spicier side. For touch, try mixing it up with different textures like silky, sleek, textured, fluffy, rough, hot, or cold. You can also change up the pressure for touch as well. You know, soft loving touches are amazing, but sometimes the loving type of touch we may need is a good grip from a firm hand. Body massages are also a good place to start if you want to get to know the type of pressure you like. So just explore. We often accidentally focus too much attention on the touch sense, but we always focus it on the few main areas. So I want you to remember when you are experiencing touch, touch the entire body, okay? Not just the genitalia, leave those for last. And when it comes to all of your senses, make sure that you give them equal love. Incorporating the five senses is also a great way for partners to get to know each other. The second way to increase personalization is through toys, assists, and accessories. Toys are objects that you use to facilitate sexual pleasures. Items like vibrators and dildos 
and they are incredibly useful. So if you're looking for a quickie, use a toy. If you're looking to have sex all day, you can use a toy. Just make sure to charge the batteries before you start playing, right? The only thing worse than a dead toy is like a toy that dies just as you're about to orgasm. Next is a cyst. Assist, in my definition, is anything that can help take some weight and pressure off of you, such as sex furniture. Now, sex furniture can be simple and cheap or cost thousands of dollars. But if you have at least one sex toy, but no sex furniture, take this as a sign that you need to start looking into them. Assists within sex can range anywhere from wedge pillows to special curvy chairs to shower grips to sex swings, to dance poles, to bondage boards, and basically everything in between. Having things within sex to assist us, such as sex furniture, is for our benefit. They are designed for pleasure and want to help you get the best experience that you can. Assist can help partners that are different sizes or heights or simply allow you to get into certain positions more comfortably And you know what? Sometimes it's just nice to just take the weight off of you and just be in a good position and trust that you're on something sturdy enough. Like it removes some stress off of you. Sex furniture is there for us and should be talked about just as much as we talk about sex toys. Because just like a good sex toy, sex furniture and sex assist can be a life-changing experience. If you do a simple Google search on sex furniture, lots of sites will pop up. But if you're not looking to buy anything right now, that's totally okay. The most affordable sex furniture that you can get is the furniture that you already have. Look at your couch from a different way. For instance, you know, try going on your knees and leaning into the couch where someone would normally sit. Or you can use it laying down, like such as missionary style. Or if it's heavy and sturdy enough, you can use the back of it to hold yourself as you have sex standing. Now, this is important because the type of furniture we play on or with can change how we do something and for how long. Next is accessories. Accessories includes anything that will bring your play to life, such as costumes, wigs, props. Sometimes our imagination needs a little help and accessories within the plan and prep basics are there to remind us that yes, a white bedsheet can become a superhero cape once again if saving a damsel in distress is your thing. You can also expand accessories into the space itself by adding individual touches around the room or make a set design. Let's take my example from last week. When I said that if you arrange a cup in a unique design, they will look like an alien left a kinky code that only you can crack, right? So if you add a cold table, doctor's gloves, and a surgical mask, you got yourself a classic alien abduction scene. And if you want to take it to the next level, like this is something I would definitely do, is make a fake patient intake form with some playful or naughty medical requests that they need to sign off on to either be seen or even discharged. I think that would be, that's funny. It's cute. You know, use your imagination. This is your chance to be playful. I really think that when choosing toys, accessories, and assists, it's better to be overprepared than under. Like, unless there's no room or you seriously won't use it, if you think you could use it, just pack it. You know, like, if you don't use it, then great. One last thing you have to clean. But, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where you're like, damn it, I should have brought that one thing with me, you know? 
Because sometimes it's really hard when you have to plan for sex and you want to make sure that you are ready to go. We have busy lives. But when it comes to bringing anything into your play, remember that when sharing anything, you need to decide how the items will be cleaned before uses. Not all toys are quick to clean. A fabric-based toy is so much more difficult to clean in the moment versus a leather tool. So this needs to be discussed before you actually start playing. And as always, check for breakages, splinters, sharp edges, and any other possible damage that could cause avoidable harm. And ask your partner to check too. Two sets of eyes are always better than one. Believe me, you're going to want to put effort into personalization because you want the experience to be something worth remembering. This only goes in your favor. Don't underestimate the power of personalization. People remember how they felt. They may not remember the actual details of what went on, but people remember how they felt in those moments. And personalizing it can really make that powerful connection and impact on someone. The third factor in the plan and prep basics is kits. Prepping your kits beforehand helps to make for a smooth ending while being prepared for the unexpected. Three kits everyone needs to know or have when entering BDSM and kink are your aftercare kit, safety kit, and your cleanup kit. Two weeks ago in the first episode of this series, you learned that aftercare is the term used for the actions and words that make you feel better after a play, scene, or session has ended. Today, you are learning that an aftercare kit is the thing that holds all your physical items that will make you feel better. Aftercare kits can include your favorite snacks, water bottle, or maybe your favorite plush robe or pajamas. But I want you to know that aftercare kits can be split into two categories depending on what your preference is. You can have a bedroom aftercare kit and you can have a bathroom aftercare kit. Examples of things that would go in your bedroom aftercare kit are eye masks, special blankets, a special sweater, favorite lotions, and and the items that I already mentioned. Examples that can go in your bathroom aftercare kit are things like bath bombs, body washes, essential oils for water. So regardless if you unwind in your bed or unwind in a bath or shower, your aftercare routine is a critical part of how you reconnect with yourself and your partner. So pack things that bring you comfort and make you feel grounded. The next kit is your safety kit. Your safety kit is like your first aid kit. Standard items to include are band-aids, disinfectants, extra heat packs, tension bandages, and anything you would need to address minor injuries. But your safety kit within BDSM and Kink includes a few more added safety measures. One of the most important items your safety kit needs to carry is your scissors or shears. Now your scissors and shears in your safety kit are not just whatever pairs of scissors you have in your home. The scissors or shears that go in your kit need to be strong enough to cut through the items, restraints, ropes, or whatever you're playing with. When you play with restraints or ropes, you first need to test your shears in a small spot to make sure they can actually cut through it. If you're using toys with locks, make sure you put in an extra set of keys or a password for them in your safety kit. It's also a good idea to keep your phone near your safety kit. You don't need to have your phone directly on you, but you do need to know where it is in case you need to use it for an emergency. Your third kit is your cleanup kit. As the name suggests, your cleanup kit includes everything you need to clean up with, both you and the play. (laughs) 
When it comes to cleaning up yourself, standard toiletries include shampoo, like tiny bottles. Like, you know what I mean? Those travel size ones. You don't have to bring a whole bottle with you. But the tiny bottles of shampoo or the small bars of soap, you can bring a spare toothbrush, tiny bottle of toothpaste, maybe a towel. When it comes to cleaning up the play area, basic staples include your choice of disinfectant and cleaner, washcloths or paper towels, separate garbage bags, and even extra bedding. Of course, depending on what you do, you might need more or less of some cleaning products. But keep calm and play on because cleaning doesn't have to be hard if you start with the end in mind. For example, if you know you're going to use food or liquids, put down the appropriate waterproof sheets to save you from ruining or staining your current sheets. And keep a roll of paper towels or cloths nearby just for peace of mind. If you're playing with things like wax, you certainly want to put down something so it doesn't ruin your sheets or wherever you're playing, right? And once your kits are prepped and ready, make a point to show your partner where they're located so everyone knows where they are. Also with kids, maybe it's just me, but I really feel like when it comes to anything, you should just be over prepared than under and kits is certainly one of them as well. But there you have it. Quick and dirty, the plan and prep basics. I want you to know that, again, no part of the plan and prep basics should be disregarded. The plan and prep basics is here to make sure that your play is more memorable and safer. And for safety measures, I want to remind you this week that even though BDSM and kink can be healthy for your health, many activities within BDSM and kink will never be 100% safe, and it is your responsibility to enter the play ethically, consentingly, and as safe as possible. We need to be the ones accountable to ourselves and to make the time to practice and learn from the best resources available. By making better and more informed choices, we can begin to make the place safer for ourselves. I can't wait to be back with you next week to fill you in on all my travel stories across Canada as I continue to promote the benefits of kinky wellness. But make sure you're following me on Instagram for all the latest updates at thepartition underscore life. But thank you so much for listening to this three-part mini-series on the BDSM and Kink Basics. I hope it gave you a lot of value for your kinky wellness journey and education. It is my intention that this series will give you the framework to redesign your sex life the way that you want and help you to give the tools for you to communicate what you're looking for. But that's it for me. Can't wait to see you next week. And as always, stay kinky. Stay kinky.